Hello and welcome to another episode of The Philosophy Guy. So I know I've kind of disappeared for a couple weeks here. I went on a sort of spiritual journey slash development slash journey of clarity. Maybe trying to or hopefully trying to figure out some stuff that you will enjoy listening to. And hopefully it will bring you some joy and some things to think about and and uh, stew on. Stew on is is that a phrase to use? Anyway, yeah. So I went on this kind of pursuit and I said, I said to myself on this little spiritual journey, I want wisdom. I just kept repeating that thought. I desire to pursue wisdom and I desire to know wisdom. And then, you know, I kind of had some thoughts of what I want to do today in the episode and we'll see how it goes. So I, I won't retread old ground that I've covered in previous episodes, but I think there's a really kind of important distinction between um, knowledge and wisdom that I want to cover, but you know, I'll give a quick summary because I think it's important for this episode to kind of have that distinction in your thoughts as you're contemplating this. So one that I'm still contemplating the best way to express, but I think knowledge is this kind of very external gathering of information. We are told that we should, you know, we're, we are told we should eat healthy. We are told we should get enough sleep. This goes on and on and on and on, on, right? These those kind of easy forms of knowledge. We all kind of we all kind of know. Like you don't need to do much reading or much research to realize, oh shit, like probably shouldn't eat processed food, like that, that type of stuff. And many of us know these things, but we we don't do them. Me included, sometimes, right? Like I said, I always I always feel the need to clarify that, but I just want you to know I'm not not pretending to be this this perfect person at all. The reason I do this show is because I'm not perfect. Like that's big motivation. But with wisdom, I think comes this kind of internal fire within us and aha moment of, oh fuck. Yeah, I do need to do that stuff. I do. I feel that knowledge in my bones. And I need, need to act upon it now. The wisdom is in those aha moments where you internalize the information. You know, it's a new sense of knowing in, in one way to put it. You know, it's a way of, I would say, feeling that knowledge down to your core. So instead of knowing you ought to eat healthy, get enough sleep, and and do some kind of daily reading, you've internalized it so much, you now know that knowledge so well, you do it, you act upon it, you act on that thing. You act on the knowledge, thus become more wise and have more wisdom in return. So if you take issue with kind of this explanation or, or don't find yourself in agreement, I am sorry. It's probably a fault of mine, actually. But it's an oversimplified version. But hopefully I'll kind of indirectly shed some um, some some light on this distinction in, in this episode. But before we continue, check out the Patreon page for the bonus episode feed that helps me help support the show, help me do this more full time um, and spend more time on it and give me external validation right uh and yeah you can also you know just share it with your friends shoot me an email of what you enjoy shoot me an instagram dm or tiktok dm all where wherever i'm at all those links are below there's plenty of ways to get into contact with me and i try to respond to as many people as possible uh i just really appreciate those kind messages that people send me um yeah it, it lets me know that this is doing for something for someone and although i see the numbers come in and and I know people are listening and whatnot. It, it is like another layer of things, and I get a very personal message from people. Um, it means a lot, and it really helps motivate me. So I appreciate you all. But enough of my blabbering. Let's get to the good stuff. And let's enter the lab. 
the fuck does the distinction of wisdom and knowledge matter? Well, I think it relates directly to meaning. In my opinion, and, and, and as many of you know, meaning, purpose, wonder, curiosity, and all, you know, the pursuit of happiness is a main topic of mine, right? Finding that meaning through the questioning of beliefs, questioning all that, that either we or society find sacred. When we want to question what is sacred, we inevitably must turn to tradition, both current and in the past, to make sense of these understandings. But I'll admit, this is one of those episodes that I hope you stick around with until the end because I'm going to attempt to bring this, this bad boy full circle. So something I've realized while talking about this stuff with a friend is how important I think it is to be able to frame a message for many different audiences. You know, I, I, I don't believe we all think the same way about things. We all have different backgrounds, uh, knowledge, upbringing, sense of doubt, and sense of curiosity. However, I think we have this wisdom presented to us throughout history. I don't know if I want to go as far as to say universal wisdom, but wisdom that we often see in some of the most famous texts from the Bible, the Odyssey, uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the Prince, the Bhagavad Gita. These texts have wisdom to learn from, stories that provide value, stories that provide parables that can help with your own inward journey. But these myths that make us, they were created during a time for the people of that time, during the cultural relevance of that time. For us to best understand these texts, we need to try and create the mindset of the people during that time. And if you really truly want to understand it, I know this is not possible, but you need to literally be those people of that time period to fully comprehend what's going on. So we translate it into something for our modern age. You know, I've translated that for myself into if we try to understand the wisdom through that method, if we want to help explain some of that wisdom to a more massive audience... We have to learn to frame some of our message based on the person, the audience, and background of the people we are speaking to, right? It's almost as though at first those universal texts that we that I just talked about start off as, as, as giving us knowledge about how to live, what to think, how to think, and how to treat other people. But how do we turn that into wisdom? How do we, how do we get ourselves to feel it in our bones? One of my big things is, I think we often agree more than we realize. We get caught up on the semantics of a topic. You know, once we get caught up on a particular semantic of an issue, the particular word, we're just like, mm, what, do you, what do you mean there? We shut down. We lose interest. Or we, we want the aha moment of, oh, oh, see, you were wrong because X. But really, it might be just a s- simple semantic error that we need clarify. But no, we want to make it a battle of, oh, I want, to, I want to win this argument. So actually, I disagree with how you use this word. So F off, right? So why am I adding this, this long clarifier though? Well, in order to open ourselves up to wisdom, in my opinion, a sense of knowing that shakes us to the core, that's wisdom. We have to start from a place of openness, curiosity, and doubt. When I say doubt, it's, it's doubt of, of what it is we know. And I think it's important to remember the idea or that idea of wisdom being something you feel to your core. Because that emotional feeling state is an important aspect to remember. You know, I don't want to give off this, this false perception that feeling wisdom is, a, is you know, always a good fucking time. Part of it is allowing or swallowing hard truths. It's like, 
It's like that doubt that creeps in before someone leaves the religion they were in before they were born. You know, I'm sure some of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. You have these bits of knowledge pop in that make you question your beliefs. Mormons had their whole land bridge idea basically dismantled, caused a lot of people to leave the church. It dismantled the foundation of the religion for some people. Christians are relying on information that was written down decades later. Some of them can't overcome that issue. You know, how can we rely on that? Christians, Christians also rely on the words of, you know, a chill dude, <clears throat> Jesus, that we know very little about. We know very little about Jesus, the, the son of God. You know, these various pieces of knowledge that add up, doubt starts creeping in to your kind of internal state of being. Your internal state of being becomes that thing. You start questioning everything. When you start questioning a very strong foundation like something religion, you start questioning other things. Doubt that forces you inward from the external world, inward into yourself, where you say, hmm, hmm, what it is, what, what, what is it out here that I really believe? Doubt that makes you start considering the beliefs you hold. Then one day, that doubt becomes so overwhelming. It's like euphoria. You go, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I might be wrong. I might be wrong about this thing. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to live in a state of just being wrong. I need to, I need to consider this. What is this thing? Keyword, I might be wrong. And then, aha, wisdom is allowed to enter. When that world-shattering realization enters, you know, enters you, that you feel to your fucking bones, that can bring dread for some. You feel the void. The void starts... Singing its rumblings, rumbling drums on your chest. You might even begin feeling lost in it. But you've just opened yourself up to wisdom. You've just created this openness, sense of awe, sense of curiosity. That basically starts a software upgrade, if you want to look at it that way. That makes you see the world in an entirely new light. So I'm saying that imprint of wisdom on your fucking soul, it can be painful. It can be chaotic. I would even say you want it to be chaotic to some extent because that's, that's, then you know you're getting something downloaded. I hate using that phrase downloaded because it's such a new age bullshit thing, but I hope you get what I mean by that. It's just like this, this download or, or, or imprint of information or feeling of information where you feel the information you already had in your mind. But you can't not, you cannot know peace without suffering. I think that's the point I want to kind of get across today. That's where that chaos comes comes in. That's where that doubt comes in. But wisdom kind of gives you the payoff. You know, I've always liked the idea of people in society being agents of chaos, meaning people in society that through various methods, some I would disagree with, they kind of shock the system. They shock your system because you hear someone speak about a subject and you go, whoa, like, whoa, what the hell is this person on about? Even if you flat out disagree with them, you go, huh, what's, what's going on here? The agents of chaos in society makes us contemplate how we would like social peace to look. Like, you know, in our own inner peace, how would that look? Those agents of chaos are an opportunity to find our own inner peace. They can have purpose. It's an opportunity to be forced inward. So, maybe this is a way to put it. The pursuit of wisdom is about finding methods of chaos to make you question your beliefs. Methods of chaos are not just people. I'll leave leave it at that. I'll let you extract that, and I'll get into it a little bit more in the episode. I'm not saying you need to go and pursue destructive behavior. That's also not what this means. 
I'm saying we should all find ways to truly get ourselves to question our beliefs on an internal level. If you accept the idea that you should pursue wisdom, that is a big assumption. I I mean, I actually don't think it's that big, but some might find it to be a big assumption of mine. I'm saying a way to find inner peace, a sense of meaning, a constant state of happiness. Find your personal agents of chaos. Those agents that make you go, oh, wait, what's going on here? You know, what, what is this? Find wisdom. To find wisdom, you need to know chaos and to know peace. Right? So I think this is, a, is another one of those episodes where I'm covering more of another topic than I planned on to cover, but that was okay. So, okay, okay. So why the fuck does this shit matter? Why, why, why is everything I just said matter? Let's, let's bring this full circle. Well, my friends, 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 allow me to explain. So Igor Grossman of the university, I hope I said his name right. I always, I'm so bad with names. Igor Grossman at the University of Waterloo in Canada has done a bunch of work on the psychology of wisdom. So as you might be able to tell from that title, I, that is right up my alley. And he found that with, with one simple trick, the trick being to consider yourself in the third person when considering arguments or even the beliefs of your own, people were better able to make decisions, think more clearly about an issue, Essentially, it helps clear mental fog is what I'm trying to say. And that mental fog is what makes us fall into our own bias and not see the bias in others and also just fall for things like that and also not think compassionately about other people's perspectives. Basically, thinking of it in the simple trick, thinking yourself in the third person of what you believe is a way to have more compassion with other people's beliefs because you have this external viewpoint of what it is you believe. So this helps regulate our emotional reactions to situations as well. We basically can train ourselves to take a step out of our own identity. So although molding our identity into something beneficial and, and helpful for ourselves is important, it's usually the case that it's filled with so much just stuff from beliefs, values, proclamations of truths, uh, prejudgments, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Taking a step out of that is really important when evaluating your own identities. And it's fascinating, truly fascinating to me, that simply training yourself to consider yourself in the third person, kind of like a movie character, like you're watching a movie, like you're watching your own movie, you're the hero of your own story type of stuff, can help create this evaluation mindset. That evaluation mindset is crucial for creating your own inner curiosity. And as I said earlier, if you want wisdom, you must have curiosity. You must open yourself up to that. You must open yourself up to doubt. And when you open yourself up to doubt, you frame your mind with the ability to open yourself up to curiosity and then you allow wisdom to enter. You allow something to be felt internally. But let me take a quick step back. What are a few basic elements of internalizing wisdom? Because that's what some of you might be thinking right now. You know, I would say humility with your intellectual capacity. You know, considering the perspectives of others, um, acceptance of uncertainty, and being willing to compromise when necessary. If you get those in order, you open yourself up to wisdom. You open yourself up to truly getting the knowledge you take in. You open yourself up to being aware of the identity you make for yourself. That's fucking powerful, my friends. It's, it's beautiful. It's what I'm striving for every day, and I hope I can do it. I really do. Because that's where peace is for me. Now, of course, people can use this 
third-person idea with uh, an egotistical approach. It can be taken the wrong way. But when applied with a true desire for inner reflection, I think the evidence is powerful, and I, I, I don't think it turns into that dangerous territory that people make fun of. And also just imagine it. Just imagine a case of this. Imagine you are in an argument with your significant other. When you fight, you are both essentially fighting over your identity. You're trying to make yourself right for the validation of your identity. But imagine if you just created this place that you could zap yourself out of your identity just for a moment, just for a brief moment, enough to just consider some things. Be a neutral person that is witnessing the discussion. That neutral person would be more apt to consider both sides and understand both sides. It doesn't mean you must change your mind. But if we understand the perspective of others, we insert ourselves into a state of compassion where we can then compromise at a healthy level with those we care about. We can understand their side. And when we understand their side on a more compassionate level, we can better explain the perspective of our own. And then you have more fruitful discussion. I have no idea why I just did that accent. That was stupid. But anyway, yeah. You can even consider this visually. Astronauts that have been granted the privilege of seeing the Earth from space talk about this. Very euphoric state of being they enter in. Almost like a, like a god staring down on itself. You know, you're, you're, you're probably just absolutely rushed full of emotions. You gain this new understanding and perspective of Earth. You zapped yourself out of the reality time that you were in from the perspective of Earth, and now you're, you're an external onlooker looking down. Now you're able to open yourself up to consider Earth in a new light. You know, maybe the astronauts are now thinking, you know, wow, we, we, really, we really are a space rock traveling through space, right? They might even, even have this, this new wisdom from feeling that in their core, a new sense of, of knowing. And that new sense of knowing can involve some wisdom because it forces you in that like state of unknown, essentially. Now, the reason I found this, the research I mentioned about the third person external view, the research on wisdom and, and, and third person perspective so interesting is because this directly helps back up some of the, the reports we hear with uh, psychedelics and, and various forms of meditation um, as methods to evaluate our beliefs. You know, take an ego death. You really just are internally splitting yourself from your identity for, for some time, for some time while you're under the influence of that. You know, for example, I'll talk in the third person while in this state. It forces you to become that unbiased observer. It forces you to look inward, forces you to open yourself up to wisdom and ask yourself the question, who the fuck am I? Why do I believe what I believe? You know, I'll find myself talking in the third person and laughing at some of the dumb shit I do or believe. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's a wonderful experience. Another experience of mine was, was taking that third person approach again. And it was almost like mentally, my beliefs just kind of manifested in front of me, like a physical image in my mind, like a list. And I could go through and I just had the choice of considering those beliefs, asking myself, okay, I have this belief. I can see this belief. Why? Why do I have that? Then I have to back it up. Next, 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 and the list goes on. Forcing myself to justify all the beliefs I hold. Giving myself some semblance of free will to consider those beliefs. Because your beliefs make you. But you can recreate your beliefs. I think that's the key to understand. 
But the point is, I just need to find myself in a place of a neutral mindset, a moment outside of my identity. As I implied earlier, you don't need something like psychedelics for this. That simple trick of considering yourself in the third person works for some. Meditating works. Or even characters around us that kind of shock us out of our typical loops to go, huh, what's this about here, right? So I hope you're seeing my point. This this zap out moments, those moments where you get to consider and understand your beliefs is you entering the state of openness. That's you giving yourself the opportunity to become wiser. That's you gaining an opportunity and a new sense of knowing the knowledge you have. It's giving yourself an opportunity to understand yourself and then understand others. So if we want wisdom, if we want curiosity, if we want a new sense of knowing, if we want a new ability to understand knowledge ourselves and others, if we want to face the grand cosmos with humility, we need to find our agents of chaos. And maybe if I played this right, (laughs) I was that for you in this episode. But yes, as always, thank you for listening. Appreciate you all. I love you all. And I look forward to talking with you next time. But in the meantime, please, please, oh please, get the fuck out of my life.